Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. After a little bit of a hiatus, you know, we had yep, some things going yeah. on, you know. Um, and uh, but we are back. I am your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barbie. Joining me as as always is my awesome co-host. That'd be the intellectual rock star himself, Delicious Joylan Davis. Hey, everybody. And part of the reason we we couldn't record yesterday is because it's a very very special day for Delicious Joylan. He is now half a century old. Yep. Big 5-0. Yep. Big 5-0. And I can't say much because here in about six weeks, I'm going to be going. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's coming, buddy. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, because we were just talking you know, before we started recording about all the ailments that, you know, kind of hit him. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, 50 just came kicking in the door. Uh-huh. You know, yep. so. Uh, but in all seriousness, I mean, uh, we were going through – you know, some family illnesses and um, yeah. a little bit of uh, heat exhaustion and <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if y'all not noticed that the temperature outside, you know, uh, the, the planet is well done now. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately it took its toll on Dwayland. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, someone's going on I was like, dude, you may want to go to the hospital to get checked out for heat exhaustion. And he went to the hospital and they said, you have heat exhaustion. Yeah. It was, it's yeah. like, yeah, go take it easy. Go drink some water, you know, <laughs> Um, sponge bath, whatever, you know, just lay in a kiddie pool full of mm-hmm. water. Ice water. Just, ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, that'll, I mean, it could have been worse. Could have been heat stroke. Heat yeah. stroke is, is worse. Yeah. But fortunately, you know, and heat exhaustion is still no fun. No, so, not at all. No. Um, next time tell everybody, y'all need to mow your lawn yourself. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so definitely like right now, ladies and gentlemen, it is summertime and it has been hot and Canada's still trying to burn us all. So yeah. Be careful. It's been when you're foggy. Outside. It's been foggy here in western Kentucky. And we couldn't figure out why. Like yesterday everything was hazy. And then it was like last night, Hope was like, It's from the wildfires from Canada. There's a song in the, the South Park movie. It's called Blame Canada. Blame yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but we have friends in Canada. Yeah, we have BC and J from Wrestling with the Truth, Wrestling with yep. the War, Wrestling with the Eighties. Uh, great guys, love their podcast, mm-hmm. and we also love Ted the Hillbilly Hill as on the Hill Truth. We love Finisher Wrestling. Those guys always give us a shout out. Yep, and I have to say, hey Mike, we hear you too, bud. You know, we're <laughs> we are looking forward to coming on your show. Yep. Because we yep. gotta we gotta somehow match the energy that we had on, on our show. Oh yeah. You know, that, yep. and that's gonna so it should be fun. Yeah. Uh, also, also wanna recognize the Dad World Order. You know, another another couple of great guys, you know, who uh, always put on a great show. And I actually I'm fortunate to see them in person when I'm able to go to the NWS shows, the Northern Wrestling Federation, which unfortunately I was not able to do this past Saturday because uh, I was actually at a birthday party for uh, one it's one is uh, cousins well her cousin's daughter so it's really her cousin too it's like second cousin mm-hmm. first from i don't know how it goes i just say second yeah. cousin uh but she turned 13 and so a lot of the family are over there and i decided to really do some damage to my blood sugar <laughs> and <laughs> the next day i checked it in and it was at a 174 and that's not too bad well really I mean, all things considered like my doctor told me like one uh, as long as it's no higher than one eighty, then you're still doing pretty good. Okay, um, but yeah, when I went to church on 
Sunday and I mentioned that, you know, cause I was getting some coffee and they said, Oh, you want, you know, something like a, and I was like, nah, I said, my, <laughs> I said, oh, my blood sugar is pretty high this morning. Cause I went to a birthday party yesterday. Like, Oh, you caked it up. Huh? I'm like, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, caked yes, it. I did. Yep. Caked it, ice creamed it, candied it. And, you know, but it was, you know, good time. Got to see some people I hadn't seen in a while. So, but unfortunately I was not able to go to watch the, or the Russian Federation show in Covington. And apparently I missed, uh, Adam Swayze rejoining mm-hmm. Rex as part of the Hollywood Blondes. And so now yep. they are, they are faces and they're going to be battling for the Northern Wrestling Federation tag team titles from the strays at Summer Sizzler, which I believe is August 19th. Let me check that date to make sure I'm right. Uh, because every once in a while I'll get a date wrong. That looks like the 19th. 19th is a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that appears to be the date. Yeah. Isn't, um, isn't that the Sizzler, um, the Women's Revolution title match? Because I know the title's held up. Uh, oh, I didn't. I think I the was... title's held up because it's uh, Ella had put something on Facebook talking about, you know, when she was champion, like as in, you know, past ah. tense. And um, I know her and Nikki Victory had a match, but I think there was, I know Nikki Victory. Uh, use the belt, and I don't know if she got caught or what, but right now I think the title's vacant, so I think they're wrestling for okay the championship. Uh, well, Ella, I mean, she has had a pretty good run as champion. She was champion for over a year, because remember, we interviewed yeah. her on this show right after she won it. Mm-hmm. I think it's like been 500 and some days she was champion. Yeah. I think really? she had like an Oscar, an Oscar type title run, you know, when and Oscar I, had the NXT title for like 530 days or something like that. Oh, and I, and I saw quite a few of Ella's uh, title defenses. And mm-hmm. like I say, she grabs somebody like she's about to throw a DDT on them. And uh, then she does that scream. Yeah. If you're not ready for that scream, it, it, <laughs> oh, it's pretty devastating. She screamed a guy out of the ring during a battle roll. I mean, oh, if wow. that says anything, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, her, her scream is pretty powerful. But I'm looking forward to catching the Summer Sizzler. I missed it last year because I was down in Florida picking up my daughter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so obviously, you know, family does have to take priority. And I oh, yeah. 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 You know, um, I like. You can't just it. tell your daughter, oh, you stay down there for a yeah, few days. I got to go to this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, y'all figure it out. I mean, I like sleeping indoors, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Like you and, said, it's hot outside. It's too hot to be sleeping outside. Uh but speaking of title reigns, right now Roman Reigns and you know, Roman's reign, um, I'm looking at the Universal Championship, and he is sitting at 1,052 days as Universal Champion. Mm-hmm. And as WWE Champion, I, you know, whatever, um, <laughs> it's right now sitting at 470 days on that one, uh, but overall he has 588 days total as a WWE champion. And one of the things when I texted you the other day, and I was like, it kind of occurred to me, what's Roman's legacy as champion going to be? Because, I mean, he has such a long, continuous reign. Yeah. 
And I will say one of the things that inspired me, and for those of y'all watching on YouTube, I'm holding, it is a, you can see the DVD set, but for those of you who are audio only, speaking of audio only, hopefully that my sound quality is better because I got a brand new microphone delivered it to me in the mail today. But I got this, Road Wrestling Entertainment presents the history of the World Heavyweight Championship. And... Dwayne, you said you had this as well at one time. I used to, ha- yeah, I used to have that one, and I also had the history of the Intercontinental Title. I'd like to find those again. I know I've got the network, but sometimes it's hard just searching through. There's so much stuff on the network. It's like, and the way they have it set up on Peacock, it's not. It's not. Me, it's not. It's not as user friendly as no. the network was. Exactly. And one of the things you remember on this one, there's three DVDs. But the first DVD is mostly a documentary about, mm-hmm. and this yep. is what was the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance World Title, yep. going all the way back to Frank Gotch and mm-hmm. George Hackenschmidt. Hackenschmidt, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, this is amazing, and it talks all about Luthez, and you talk about Luthez having these long mm-hmm. reigns. But I was fortunately fortunate enough to find this DVD set. At a friend of mine's shop, it's called House of Plastic, a house, you know, H-O-U-S-E, and then of, O-F. And then Plastic is actually spelled the K on the end, so it's P-L-A-S-T-I-K. You can actually use the website, houseofplastic.com. But it is located at 834 State Route 125, Suite 310 in Cincinnati. And it's one mile east of I-275, uh, which is on the Beachmont or Amelia exit. And you go there, say hi to Jerome. He's actually a friend of mine. He actually went to school with my wife. And he has such an awesome shop. And he normally, he doesn't really have a lot of DVDs. And that's more of a recent thing. But I got this one uh, the other day. And along with ACDC Family Jewels. I mean, and <laughs> both of them for $5. And the week before that, we were in there. And I actually got Bean. Uh, you remember Rowan Atkinson, Bean, mm-hmm. had that yeah. DVD set as well. And because, <laughs> you know, I'm, we really like, I like Bean before I went in the Air Force, before we actually right. saw it all the time on English TV. Yep. But but definitely, if you were in the Cincinnati area, go check out Jerome's shop. Uh, he has all sorts of wrestling figures. He's at, he's had rings. I've actually bought a ring from him. Uh, like, it was one with a cage match. And mm-hmm. yeah. Tons and tons of Funko Pops, including that one right there, the Jason <laughs> Voorhees. That's where I got it. Was at your own shop. And if you are a Funko Pop collector, um, you're not not going to want know what to do with yourself <laughs> because I mean it's just amazing. And now I didn't get the other. There's another Funko Pop I have over there, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I just got that one the other day too, but unfortunately it wasn't at Jerome's shop. But uh, go check out. House of Plastic, and you can also email on House of Plastic, like I said, with a K on the end, at yahoo.com. And and I'm going to let Jerome know that we shouted him out. So that way there he may not be surprised. Y'all go in there, tell him that Armchair Booking says hello, and it mm-hmm. may actually uh, bring a smile on his face. Was, yeah. yeah, Jerome, he's a pretty good dude. But I got to really thinking when I was watching this DVD, and this is why I texted you, is, at the early reigns of the NWA, I sometimes I really wish they'd given him another name besides Reigns, but mm-hmm. uh, the early title reigns of the world champions, you really didn't have transitional champions. Mm-mm. 
you know, that was a later thing with, of course, Ivan Koloff and Stan Stasiak. And, yeah. Um, back then, I mean, they if you got the title, you held it for a while. Yeah. And then in the late 90s, going all the way into the 2000s, you know, of course, by this point, the, well, the NWA is still technically around. But it had, it had turned into WCW, and then they split off from the NWA, mm-hmm. and so their title took over the lineage, and then of course WCW went from being the number one rated show on all of cable television to just three years later they were bought out by their competition for mm-hmm. a very very cheap price. Yep. You know, yeah, we we almost could have afforded to buy it. I mean, oh yes, yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad, and. After that, if you look at all the title reigns, there were a handful that were a little over 100 days. Most of them mm-hmm. were under 50 days. Yeah. Um, I was showing Steve, I got for my birthday, my wife got me a uh, Black Adam um, statue. My daughter said, is that The Rock? And I'm like, yes. Speaking of The Rock, The Rock has been a 10-time world champion in WWE, and I think all of his title, I think all of his championship reigns combined don't total a year. Uh, barely. Um, ac- actual days, eight reigns. Mm-hmm. Actual days, 367, recognized by WWE, 378. So, barely, barely, barely a, year. a year. But it's and, like... And that's know, eight reigns. Yeah, that's eight WWE titles and two World Heavyweight titles. That's it, le- less know. than 50 days apiece. Yeah, it's like that tells you how bad they were hot-shotting these world titles. And it's like, to me, it got to the point where the world title didn't mean anything because, every I mean, everybody was world champion at some point. And if everybody, if everybody gets it, then it doesn't mean anything. Right, and it seemed like back then, ev- almost everybody at some yeah. point. At some point, every main event guy had the world title. And there are guys, there are main event guys that never got the world title that should have. Jake the Snake Roberts and Mr. Perfect come to mind. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Perfect was world champion in the AWA. He should have been a WWE champion. He should have beat Hogan for the title. Mm-hmm. Jake Roberts should have beat Hogan for the title. But then there have been people who had no business anywhere near the world title. Getting title runs. Yeah. Yeah. Vince McMahon is a former WWE champion. He's a former ECW champion. It's like you're just watering down the prestige of your championship and the WWE title and by extension, the, the WWE World Heavyweight title are supposed to be the pinnacle of wrestling championships. It's supposed to be, you know, the top of the food chain. But when you're just handing it out to everybody, then it doesn't make it feel important. When you're doing it, you know, you're, you're giving it the Oprah treatment. Yeah. yeah. You get a world title. You get a world, get title. world title. Everybody gets a world title. And it's like, Because, I mean, there's so, there's been, I mean, for every, 
for every Christian who won the world heavyweight title, deservedly so, should have been a world champion before that in WWE, had to leave and go to TNA, win two world titles there to prove how good he was. Mm -hmm. So the company wanted him back. But then for every one of those, you get a great Kali. You get a gender Mahal, which... I was not, okay with gender. I mean, I, I was okay. Honest. I was okay with gender, but they he, they booked him like trash. Yes. You know, and they didn't. The reason every the reason every there was so much backlash about gender is because they always treated him like a job guy. Even the weeks before he ended up becoming number one contender, it's like he had literally just jobbed out to people two weeks before that on Raw, got drafted to SmackDown, becomes the number one contender, and then wins the title. There was no there was no him building up from the bottom and working his way up. It was just you he went from jobber to world champion in you know a month's time. Also they could get into the Indian market. Yeah, exactly. Also they could get into the Indian market, which did not work. Nope. It, it didn't happen. And they booked him terribly. And gender, he carried himself like a world champion. He's well-spoken. He's, you know, he has the look. He dressed the part. Everything. He did everything he could possibly do. And I think he did an excellent job with what he was given. He was just given trash. The, the promos that he was given were borderline racist when he was, mm -hmm. um, when he was feuding with Shinsuke Nakamura. It's then they had him rely way too much on the Singh brothers. And it's just, you know, they hot shot the title to him and then they book him weak. And then they wonder why everybody, why nobody, but like me and Steve, there's a handful of us that were okay with him being champion. But for the most part, most people are like, well, no, I none of this is believable. None of this is interesting. Why am I supposed to care? And uh, ironically enough, uh, Justin Trento from TNC Sports Talk, by the way, I was actually talking to him today uh, about some other stuff. And, of course, wrestling comes up because it inevitably does come up when I'm talking to Justin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and we were actually talking about uh, the same thing. Because I told him what we were going to be talking about tonight. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, But we were actually discussing Jinder Mahal. I said one of the issues that, they made Jinder Mahal look kind of weak was they, they gave him the Singh brothers mm -hmm. and the Singh brothers were getting smacked around. I mean, J Randy Orton almost killed one of them. Like, Oh yeah. It, that, it was an accident. That, yeah. That like, ooh, face that he made <laughs> was like, yeah, but I mean, he just, he was just murdering the Singh brothers on a weekly basis when he was feuding yeah. with gender. And it's like, so, but, it's and like, nothing against the Singh brothers, but, You've got these two little guys that you send out mm -hmm. to fight your battles when you're a massive human being. Jinder yes. Mahal is a massive human being. So it's like, to me, it's not very believable that, you know, these two guys are going to do anything to stop a challenger when you've got Jinder, who is, you know, 6'4", 6'5", 275 pounds of muscle. Yep. And, <clears throat> and, you know, that was kind of like making kind of an odd comparison from Jenner Mahal to Diamond Dallas Page. 
Domino's Page was a manager. Mm-hmm. And when his wrestlers, you know, were leaving, and he still had something stable, but somebody pointed out, you're bigger than all the wrestlers in yeah. the Diamond Exchange or whatever he was yeah. calling. Yeah, the, it was a Diamond Exchange. The diamond exchange. With, the, with the exception of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, DDP was bigger than everybody else. Yeah. He was I mean, bigger than the people that he was escorting to the ring. It's like, why aren't you wrestling? Why are you know are you the manager? It didn't make any mm-hmm. sense. And so that's when he became um, a wrestler at all of like 38, 39 years old. Yeah. And I know the first time I read that, I'm like, okay, that's really not that old. Then if I came 38, 39, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, it's not as old as 50, like some people on this podcast are right now. Hey. I age like wine. I don't know the day. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and like I said, six weeks I'll be joining you. So yeah. But I just but, just a warning, everybody. I hear a lot of thunder and I've seen lightning. Oh, so I, if if my power it. flashes for a minute, then that's the Lord's like, hey, well, I need you to be yeah. quiet for a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, uh, calm it down. Calm it down. <laughs> But when it comes to like the longevity of these individual title reigns, and of course, nobody is probably going to catch Bruno. No, uh, that's that one's untouchable. Yeah, Bruno's, and that's I just think, the first one. Yeah, I think Bruno's is untouchable. I think Backlund's is untouchable. He is, and in this day and age, I think Hogan's. Is untouchable, but I has he has he passed Pedro? No. Uh, well, no, well, hold on. Let me look at the Universal because I have two different browsers pulled up. Um, okay, the Universal one. If we just go by the Universal one, which I'd rather do that, honestly. Um, it's sitting recognized by WWE eleven. Uh, let's see, eleven hundred fifteen. Pedro's run was 1,027. So, yeah, he's past Pedro. He's past Pedro, so he yep. is number four. Pe- Pedro only had one time. reign. Yeah, Pedro had one reign. And with Roman's one universal, th- this current universal title reign, he has eclipsed Pedro Morales to take n- spot number four all time. But I think that's yep. as high as he'll get because, which he has beat Hogan in a in one stat. In the WrestleMania era, Roman Reigns has been championed longer with the Universal title reign that he's on than Hogan was because Hogan won the WWE title before the before, first WrestleMania. Yep, and um, about 16 months before the first WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he won it, what was it, January of 83? Uh, 84. 84. Yep. And then... First WrestleMania was April of 85. Yep. End of March, early April 85. And, you know, so uh, this was actually something else Justin and I were talking about. It was the difference between Roman and Hogan. We're talking about, and also another question about Roman, you know, we and we'll hit on this a little bit later is, wow, dude, you, you do got some serious thunder going on. Uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess somebody doesn't want us talking about Hogan. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but is Roman 
the face of the company because I have a hard time believing, even though he's got this extraordinarily long reign, it's like, is has he become like the new face of the company? Because you normally don't see that with a heel. But yeah, uh, but Hogan was the face of the company for years. Yeah, Hogan was the face of the company. Is Roman that level? Is probably no one will ever be that level. I mean, there's, I mean, there's Austin, there's Rock, yep. there's Cena, there's Hogan. No, I, that's a very high. That's a high mark to try to yeah. attain. Yep. And is Roman is Roman great? Absolutely. This yes. And I know we say it all the time, but this tribal chief, head of the run, head of the table run, has been amazing. Roman Reigns is here's the thing. Is he the face of the company? That's debatable. But is Roman Reigns must see TV? Yes. Yes. Because they he has created he has turned himself into a special attraction. So whenever he is on the card, they're printing money because everybody's coming to see Roman. One, they want to see if somebody's finally going to beat him and take the title. Yep. Because the the mystique, the aura is still there that he is even even with what happened at Money in the Bank with Jay with Jay Uso pinning him, which was lovely because it comes full circle because Jay Uso was the very first person to ever pin Roman Reigns on the main roster. And so now it comes full circle and Jay is the first one to pin him since December of 2019 was the last time Roman Reigns got pinned. And that was Baron Corbin was the one who pinned it. And he says, Hey, remember me? Yeah. And so that's great. And that's, you know, that's an awesome story. And the, the bloodline feud is still got, I mean, it's still got a long ways to go. In my opinion, there's still a lot of life left in that storyline. And yes, Roman got pinned, but he, he hasn't been beaten for the title. And that's what everybody wants to see because he, he is invincible as much as Vince McMahon booked Brock Lesnar to be that invincible final boss. Roman Reigns built himself into with his character work and his in-ring work. Mm -hmm. He's built himself into being the final boss, whether he's the face of the company or not, which to me, I don't know. I think Seth and Cody kind of have that locked up right now, but, um, but Roman is the must see TV. When people are putting their money down to buy tickets, a lot more of them get sold when they say Roman Reigns name on the card. Because they're like, one, the people that don't, the people that don't like the heel gimmick, are paying money to see somebody beat him. The people that want to exactly. see the champ, the, the, and the people that are interested to see is this the night that they're going to have somebody beat Roman for the title? Just like he's going to sell out Mexico because he's defending the the. Undisputed title against Rey Mysterio in Mexico. I think either toward the end of this month or early next month. That will sell out. One, it's Rey Mysterio, greatest luchador of all time. He is in Mexico challenging Roman Reigns for the title that Roman has had for 1,100 days. 
where in Mexico they're having it. Uh, that I'm not. That I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up, see where it's at. Okay, because I mean, I would, I would just automatically assume. See what I did in Mexico, Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see if Mr. Faulkner, you know, he probably slapped <laughs> me for that. Uh, Mr. Faulkner was mine and Joylin's Spanish teacher back in high school. Yep. But he may stay behind me, going, "Yeah, you didn't pronounce that right, dummy." But, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no, but. I mean, there's other places in Mexico, too. But, of course, I mean, within Mexico, Mexico City is one of the largest cities in the world. Yeah. And I mean, as far as as far as wrestling in the Hispanic community, there's no larger place to have it than Mexico City. I'd be scared if I were Roman. You better let Ray win. Oh, yeah. Which they're not. So it's like, right. which adds even more heat to Roman, which is what they go for anyway, because Romans literally got people, got the entire crowd in the palm of his hand. When he says, acknowledge me, everybody throws up the finger. And then in 30 seconds, he will flip it and make everybody booing. And it's like, that is, that is crowd control. That is confidence in your ability to control the emotions of the crowd, which is what any major star has been able to do. And hopefully it doesn't turn into a situation like what Ric Flair had when I think he went to was it the Dominican Republic when during one of his title yep. reigns. Yep. Where I mean he went twice and the first time it was a case of uh, I don't remember who it was who who his opponent was, but he his move was a submission move. That was his final move. But this was the days before they were physically before tapping the tap out. Alley. Yeah. Right. And so you just had to, because I used to always wonder when the referee would go down, how does he know what, you know, they said? But apparently they were like, yeah, I give up, I give up. Now they tap, so you physically see it, it adds more yeah. to it. You know but who came then, up with a tap out idea? Uh, the UFC, but who? It was Taz. Taz was took Taz? it from. Ah, Taz, makes sense. Taz, when Taz, Taz broke his neck in a match in ECW. So he had to take time off. He comes back. He's got the UFC gimmick that everybody knows now, you know, and he was the super, you know, human suplex machine. He's the one who brought tap out into wrestling. He's like, because if he's like, because if somebody taps out, he's like, what's the worst thing that one man can do to another in a fight? He's like, submit, make make them submit and make them visibly submit by tapping out. And, and of course, in the MMA, I mean, yes, you got beat. Yes, it may be kind of embarrassing, but at the same time, you're tapping out because you're in a ton of pain. Yeah, and it's save yourself. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, and uh, somebody could, if they wanted to, they could pull a Steve Austin, WrestleMania 13, and pass out. You still yeah. lost, but you didn't yeah. give up. Yeah. And the tap out, okay, you know, I'm I'm for it. I like it. I see yeah, it. I, I like the tap out. I like the tap out. Like you said, it adds to it. It's a, it's a great visual. And especially when someone is struggling in a submission move and they're trying to get out of it. And then, then they have finally just have to, you know, yep. tap out. It just, it makes it, it makes the submission to me seem more, so much more important whenever you visibly see that tap out. When you see that. And, and of course the crowd in, I believe it was Dominica. It was either Dominica or the Dominican Republic. It was, Mm-hmm. One, one of the two. And the the local hero there, his move was a submission move. Mm-hmm. And he had Ric Flair in the move. 
time limit ran out because that's how Ric Flair rolled. I mean, he did Broadway's. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he went 60 minutes, yeah. Yeah, you know, and that was, you know, like the probably the third time he did 60 minutes that day. Mm-hmm. And Bell rang, crowd went nuts because they thought their guy won the Had title. won the title, yep. And so, they, and they about rioted then. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were in... And so they, somebody was there with Flair, and they helped Flair get out of the ring and back to the dressing room because yeah. they realized no, the referee said no, it's a draw, and they didn't like that because their guy, you know, they thought should have won. So the next time they said, okay, we'll give him a rematch. Flair went down there again, and during that he just said, you know what, in the middle of the match, I mean, the crowd was starting to get kind of hot. He finally just said, pin me. <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Flair dropped the title because he knew what was going to happen. If he, if he tried to walk out with it again. Yeah. So he's like, just pin me. So dude won. And then a few days later, Flair won it back, you know, but it's right like an he, unrecognized. Yeah. It's yeah. unrecognized by WWE because like, I think it was three or four days later. It was like at the end of the tour, the last night Flair wins the title back. And then, comes back to the states yeah so they just and, don't and they he had don't to cheat to win it. it and scoot out of the ring like quickly yep like go yep. <laughs> and, and because you could have that kind of thing back then roman goes to mexico ray mysterio and ray mysterio you think with this he may be doing like his his last tour yeah you know yeah. which i don't blame him. i mean ray mysterio really doesn't have anything left to prove i mean no he's, and ray had already said that he was going to once he once he hit 50, he was going to wind it down. And so you, you could be right. This could be the yeah. farewell I mean, tour. He's already in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a world champion for less than a day. Yeah. That way he got screwed on that deal. But. but I mean, he's been a three-time world champion. He's won. He won the world heavyweight title twice. And then, um, like you said, he was WWE champion for less than a day. But still... It's on the books. I mean, and yep. for somebody that's like, I don't know, five foot six, maybe barely. Uh, I don't even, honestly, not, I don't even think he's that tall. Uh, and 175 pounds max when he was at his heaviest. I mean, he's accomplished more than that's anybody ever thought he would be able to do. I mean, he's, he's been a world champion, cruiser, revolutionized cruiserweight wrestling, cruiserweight tag team champion. He's been the United States champion, the Intercontinental champion. He also was the last person to pin JBL when JBL retired. That's who he beat for the Intercontinental title. Uh, he's, you know, multiple tag champions in multiple companies. And so, I mean, like you said, Hall of Famer won the Royal Rumble. Yeah. He's done He's done everything there is to do. Um, He is billed as 5'6", but that's what he's billed as. You so know, he's probably about five four. Yeah, that's what I'd be guessing. Because when you think about him, when he bounces off the ropes, he does the bottom two ropes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but Ray Mysterio is always fun to watch, and you know that whoever he's in the ring against, uh, it's not going to be an easy time for them. Oh no! And I think he and Roman they should actually have a great match in Mexico, oh, yeah. where it's at. Yep. Uh, but but if I were Roman. You know, you better have like some kind of secret tunnel under the ring <laughs> that gets you out of there <clears throat> quickly. You better find uh, what's the name of Chapo, like his tunnel he yeah. had had built yeah. out of the prison down there. 
Yeah, you better kind of do the same thing. You know, and people complain, you know, there are people that complain that, you know, Roman doesn't defend the title enough. Here, Here is my thing. I, I'm okay with Roman's schedule because I think a lot of people that did not go through the Attitude Era don't understand the importance of a long title reign and that your champion does not have to defend the title every week on TV or be even be on TV every single week. Because for me, whenever Roman is not on TV, then you're just anticipating when he's coming back to TV and what are they going to do with Roman and how is this bloodline thing going to, going to go. And during the attitude era, WWE champion was on TV every week and half the time defending the title and the matches weren't good because it was more about the angles than it was the wrestling and the title was changing hands like every three weeks it felt like so you know there were times when the title seemed important but then there was a lot of times where the title was just a prop and it was just a plot device to further whatever story they were trying to tell it you know the story if you're if it's a world championship match that's your story i want to be the world champion Barrett, you have it you, you don't you have, have to it. add anything else you mean i mean no, if you do add it. something else to it okay there may be a little bit of, but you're right the world title that's that's your match that's the well, tweet right there yeah and like the best example of that was like austin and rock at mania 17 you know they they had to Vince had to put his little sports entertainment thing on it and bring Deborah in for a few minutes as the Rock's manager just to kind of have them the Rock and have the Rock and Austin, you know, have some animosity. That was not needed because Austin even said in an interview, you know, Deborah's a non-factor. She's out of the way. He's I like she was the, even part of that. Yeah. Yep. He's like the bottom line is, I want the WWE title and you have it. He's like. And he's like, and I need it more than you will ever understand. So that, and then that was it. And that was the basis. And everybody hated the heel turn when he turned on the, when he joined Vince McMahon. I loved it because he told, he told you what he was going to do. He said, I will do anything I have to do to be WWE champion. He did just that. Used Vince McMahon, whatever he had to do, because that's what was important wasn't the story it wasn't a story it wasn't an angle it was you've got something i want so i'm going to do whatever i have to do to take it and wrestling doesn't have to be complicated they just make it more complicated than it has to be very true uh because anymore wwe is still guilty of the wrestling being there to support the storylines rather than the storyline being there to support yep. the wrestling because the storyline yep. gives you the reason why they're wrestling period yeah because but if, I don't, I but don't if the there. wrestling's trash, then I don't care about the story. That's just me. Right. I don't care about the if the if if the story's good, but then you lead it, then it leans into crappy matches. Then you've lost me because I'm not even interested in the story because it's like story can only go so far if the wrestling doesn't carry the rest of it. The story so. is the reason for the matches, and right now with Roman. Of course, the bloodline imploding the way it has, uh -huh. and that right now, I mean, that alone, even if you didn't have the belt, 
that would be a reason for the matches, but the fact that it is for the world title, mm-hmm. that is, you know, you know, now them being family and yeah. being part of this faction, which got people back into watching wrestling. Yep. And I mean, I you've mean, got, you've got one of the, I mean, go by sheer numbers and merch movement and all that. Roman Reigns is one of the greatest world champions of all time. Yep. I mean, um, the he, Usos said, are the Usos are the greatest tag team to ever compete in WWE. They've cemented themselves as the best tag team in WWE history. Not, I don't think in all of wrestling, but I think WWE. I think the Usos are the best tag team in WWE history. Um, and I say I, that because, like Tully and Arn didn't get a good run with the titles. That's Tully and Arn are my favorite tag team of all time, but they didn't get to show what they could do in WWE like they were able to show in Jim Crockett. Ah, I got you. Because I was going to say, you know, you're kind of missing Mike and Joe yeah. there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Michael Hextrange <laughs> or Laurinaitis, also known as, yeah. you know, the Road Warriors. Oh, I, I said the Laurinaitis name. I can't, you know, I, I, I'm i sorry. I didn't mean to say that name because that, that's Clown yeah. Shoes' brother. Clown Shoes. Yeah. But yeah, that and that, that yeah, I should have clarified that because in the WWE system, wrestling that style, the Usos are the best tag team they've ever produced because the teams that have come from other places, they never put the emphasis on those teams. Even when they push those teams to the tag titles, they never put, truly put the focus on it because Vince didn't create those teams. He didn't create Tully and Arn. He didn't create, you know, he didn't create that horseman team. He didn't create the road warriors and, you know, teams like that. So it's like, he pushed him because he knew he could make money because he knew the crowd would be hot for it, but he didn't really care. He, he just did it just to shut the crowd up, give them what they want for a little bit and then go back to how he wanted things to be. And one of the things, I mean, because I am one of those, he's like, well, Roman really doesn't defend the title very as often as even a Hogan. And, you know, remember when Hogan was champion, he was often criticized because he didn't defend the title as much as Flair. Mm-hmm. Flair was a different, uh, well, Flair was a different animal uh, for a lot of reasons. One, because of his stamina. And, I mean, he was yeah. known. He said, we started out before every training session with 5,000, you know, mm-hmm. um, or maybe it was just 500. Either way, you know, the knee lifts or the, uh, mm-hmm. the squats. And I'm like, oh, screw every last second of that. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, but he said, that, I, I mean, they, they work on cardio. Like, they would yeah. run six miles in the snow every day. And I'm like, uh, I don't, okay, I don't need it that bad. Yeah. I saw an interview, like a little clip of an interview with Flair, actually earlier today on TikTok. And he said that they were asking him, what's the difference between you and Hogan? This was in 2002 when they asked him this. He said, he said, what's more, the interviewer was like, what's more important, being the bigger star or being the better wrestler? And Flair's like, for me, it was being the better wrestler. He's like, was Hogan the bigger star? Absolutely. You know, he carried... WWE, you know, he was the bigger star. He was the pop culture icon, things of that nature. He's like, but I was the better wrestler. He's like, well, Hogan's over here being the star. I'm over here being the wrestler, wrestling 60-minute classics with everybody. He's like, yes, not just, he's like, people think that it was just 
me and Ricky Steamboat wrestling these type of matches. He's like, I was, I was having these matches with Dusty and Barry Windham and Ricky Morton and Ronnie Garvin. He's like, we were wrestling. He's like, we were going town to town wrestling. He's like, did Hogan, you know, did Hogan travel and everything, you know, 360 days a year like I did? He's like, yeah. He's like, Hogan was doing it for from a Learjet and not always wrestling. It was a lot of appearances. He's like, yep. I was wrestling every night. He's like, and most of those matches was defending the world title. And if it wasn't defending the world title, I was chasing it. So either way, he's like, I was giving the fans what they paid for. And what they paid for was wrestling. And so, and also, Flair was the last of the traveling NWA champion. Yep. And this DVD also points out uh, they, they had the interview with uh, Jack Briscoe. He said after three years, he was burnt out, and he basically was like, you better get this title off of me, like, yeah. now. He said, I yeah. am done. Because, and Flair said the same thing. When they won the title, within a couple of days, you're 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 on the road. Mm-hmm. You hit the ground running. Because these title defenses have already been booked, and and it says the champion is going to be in this match. It doesn't say necessarily. It doesn't say necessarily who. And it's who, like we just said, the, and it will be the champion. Yeah, and if you're not willing to do it, there's a line of dudes ready to take that spot. And part of me, when comparing Roman to something like that, because Hogan, Hogan did wrestle house shows. I mean, I will say that mm-hmm. he did wrestle on house shows, and Hogan wrestled the big the big men were built to be monsters before mm-hmm. they were fed to Hogan. But they yeah. were still built up, and mm-hmm. there was like a rotation. They would be in, in WWF at the time for about a year or so. Mm-hmm. They'd been built up. They'd go against Hogan, and boom, and then they would kind of go back down the mountain. Mm-hmm. And you know, and Hogan was wrestling that now, not as much as Flair, mm-hmm. because Flair was jumping for territory, territory, territory. Mm-hmm. His travel schedule was absolutely insane. Yeah, and Hogan, of course, only wrestled. In WWF, he only wrestled WWF people, and he also, a lot of people forget about this, Hogan only wrestled heels. He did not wrestle faces. Yep. You know? And so that was actually, that's why Hogan's uh, title, the WWF title in all the after magazines, they downgraded it from a world mm-hmm. title to just a title because yeah. they said they don't they don't wrestle. You know, he The world champion is supposedly in WWF does not wrestle Anybody, if, if it's a um, a fan favorite, they don't wrestle other fan favorites. If it's a rule breaker, yeah. they don't wrestle other rule breakers. That's what they called them. Yeah, and, and 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 yeah, and that's the thing. Like Hogan never left that bubble. He never defended the title against anybody that wasn't signed to WWF at the time. Right. And that, that's honestly that is my issue. I I have an issue with that with to this day because it's like and AEW is just as guilty as anybody else yeah everybody wants to call their championship the world title but is it getting defended all over the world against other people that are not associated with your company the only world title that is doing that is the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship it gets defended against people from other promotions. Yes. AEW's world title does not. 
WWE's title, either of their world titles, does not. Ring of Honors, mm, sometimes, but a lot of times that's that's not the Ring of Honor world champion going. That's not, right now, Claudio is the Ring of Honor world champion. He's not going to New Japan to defend the world title. They'll bring people to him. It's not the same thing. If you stay here and they come to you, you're not you're not defending it all over the world. You're just staying at home and having them bring challengers to you. And with Hogan, um, it was kind of comical because he did say uh, Vince McMahon was on. I think it was like Larry King. You know, it was a it was a big deal at the time. This was around mm-hmm. like like eighty five, eighty six, and it was a huge deal. Or Vince McMahon was actually on one of these, uh, like a, an actual, mm-hmm. I don't want to say legitimate talk show, but it was a mainstream talk show. There we go. Yeah, yeah. And they they asked him, how many times does Hogan, your champion, wrestle you? He said, oh, 180 days. He said, but that's a really grueling schedule. And Ric Flair was like, are you, excuse me? You know, and. 180 days. No, it's not. That's not, not a grueling schedule. That know, was like, those were Kevin Nash, Scott Hall numbers. When they went to WCW, yes, that was that was um, that was the days that that was close to the amount of days in their contract that they had to work. Right, and and this was Hogan back in the middle of his longest reign. He was yeah. doing this, but I mean, but he was defending it, and so that when you can take Roman Reigns, uh, his current um, run as champion, both champions or the three title, I'm, I don't know anymore. I don't know well, anymore. Well, I mean, I read this thing that I think is ridiculous. It's like you give him the new belt, so you spend money on the, undis- the this one undisputed title, but then you have Paul Heyman carrying the other two titles because their thought is that the lineage from the other two world titles, people will associate that lineage with this title. If that's the case, just say it has the same lineage, carry the one belt mm-hmm. and be done. My, I, I've always hated when the, the world title has been split, has been two belts. It's like, can we just get one belt? I don't have a problem if a guy's a, you know, a, you know, a multi-champion. Right. If he's carrying different belts, but if he's, if the, if it's the world title just split into two belts and he's got both of them. That's just dumb. You you created an undisputed title for him. Then just let him carry that one. Yeah, because, I mean, you did it for Asuka. You're not having her carry around the old Raw Women's Championship. You did it for Rhea Ripley. You're not having her carry around the old SmackDown Women's Championship along with her Women's World title. You scrapped this title and you gave him a new one. The lineage is just, to me, the lineage as far as the women's championship is the same as with the undisputed title. Oscar was the raw women's champion. That lineage just bleeds into the WWE women's championship. Mm-hmm. Roman's the undisputed champion, the WWE and universal titles lineages should just bleed into that championship. And it's different with Seth and Rhea because those are, Brand new titles created specifically 
for them. The lineage starts, I feel like the lineage starts with them, especially Rhea. That lineage starts, I feel like, with her. But yeah. with Roman, I'm, I'm it's like, more more with Seth because they kind of almost created a title at the her. Whereas yeah. Rhea, hers, she kind of transferred from this other belt she yeah. had. So yeah, that. But I mean, but I get what you're saying about yeah. It's a because and I say that name. because there's a women world, there's a women's world champion, and then there's a WWE women's champion. And to me, the lineage from because there never should have been a Raw and SmackDown women's champion to begin with. There should have been like one women's champion for both mm-hmm. brands. I feel like the lineage for the women's title should go with Oscar's title and let Rhea co- create a new one with the women's world title because they've never had an actual women's world title before. It's always been the company championship. So let Rhea create a lineage a lineage lineage for that and let Oscar carry the lineage, the original lineage for the women's championship. Roman should do the same and get rid of, get rid of the other two belts. If you're, if you're calling him the undisputed champion, you've spent the money on a new belt and focus on that belt and not the other two, because for younger fans, it's just confusing. It's like, which belt is important? He's got three of them. Older fans is confusing. Yeah, which belt is the most important? Yeah. Like for me, the belt that he has is the most important is the WWE Championship because that's the most important one. That's the one with the longest lineage. That's the one that every major star that's walked through the doors of that company has held at one time or another. That's the title Randy Savage, Hogan, and Rock, and Austin, and Roman, Seth. Dean, all these guys, Rey Mysterio, John Cena, CM Punk. Yep. The list goes on and on of the greats that have been the WWE champion. So, but if you're trying to push this narrative of, well, Roman is the undisputed champion, which WWE does not understand what the word undisputed means. Apparently not. <laughs> because he can't be the undisputed champion if Seth's walking around with a world title. I know. Yeah, um, because then he's he's then he's definitely disputed because if he's undisputed when he w- when he had the two belts and he was the sole world champion, yes, he was the undisputed champion. He had both he had both belts. You know what? They just made Seth the guy at the back of the uh, back of the church at somebody's wedding going. I have a reason why they shouldn't get married. You know, yep. I dispute it because I'm, yeah. you know, because we're in love. She's carrying my baby. You know that. that guy. <laughs> But it's just, I just don't get it. And it's like, yes, is Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is, I agree with you. I don't think he's technically the face of the company. But he's the right now, he's the most important person in it. Because as far All as right. the wrestlers go, because he's the one drawing the big money. I mean, his merchandise Anything that comes out of Roman's mouth becomes a T-shirt and sells out. That's that's merchandising. That's power. That's merchandising power. When he can say God mode, and the next week there is a shirt that says God mode. As soon as he said head of the table, there was a shirt. There was I a know. Shirt. I, I, I say you have. Yeah. <laughs> I have a head of the table. 
when he was talking to Austin Theory after Vincent had stepped down and told Austin Theory that his daddy was gone, but if he kept messing with the tribal chief, that he would be his daddy. The next week, there was a shirt that said, acknowledge your daddy. I know. I have that shirt, too. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like Roman is a merchandise machine. He's he is at that level where he knows if I say this, it's going on a shirt, just like now with the bloodline. They used to say we the ones. Now, Roman says I'm the only one. And what happened? There's a T-shirt now that says the only one. And if you look in the crowd, there's a bunch of them in the crowd. And Which, which is very different from when Hogan was champion because heels did not have merchandise back then. Exactly. Yeah. Only the faces had merchandise. Now everybody's got merchandise. You just got to know how to, you just got to know how to get the fans to buy it. And Roman's figured out how to do it. He, because he's built that character into, he's built that character to be so compelling and interesting that people are like, oh, well, he just said, acknowledge your daddy. I'm going to buy that shirt because that's what I did. I'm like, I like what he said. And they put it on a shirt. Let me buy. <laughs> and, you know, when we are kind of comparing Roman to Hogan again, which, by the way, I just now remembered, saw a house show in Cincinnati. This was back in like 2014, 2015, something like that. And Hogan um, was actually there. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who it was in the ring that came out and was just talking trash to him, where Roman came out defending Hogan, saying, mm-hmm. this is a legend in the sport, and da da mm-hmm. and then Roman and whoever it was, you know, they had a match later on. And for the life of me, I cannot remember who it was, and I doubt my wife remembers because, you know, she uh, has a list of things that she gives a crap about. That's not one of them. She'll even tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, she's got a list a mile long, and that's not on the list. <laughs> yeah, uh, I could ask our friend Carrie. Carrie's been on the show. You know, because mm-hmm. she was also there as well. Right. Uh, she might remember, um, but I just remember Roman defending Hogan, you know, mm-hmm. talking about how Hogan was a legend. Roman has now become a legend. Yeah. Uh, probably not the the level Hogan was before he got all, you know. Yeah, before the he, fall. Before yeah. the fall. And he had a pretty yeah. big, pretty hard yeah. fall that yeah. he he kept walking backwards off a cliff, wasn't paying attention and just didn't think he would <laughs> yeah. ever. Oh, he um, paid attention. He just never thought he'd fall. He just figured that's true. somebody would have boatloaded cash was going to cushion it. And not enough of what he was, you know, running his mouth about. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's a story for another day. We've actually <laughs> talked about it before, but it's hard to avoid it sometimes when you talk about hope. It is. Yeah. I look at him now and we're supposed to forgive. And it's hard for me to look at that. And I can't help but, Think about like, yeah, it's hard for me to, and I know you're supposed to grant people, especially in situations like that, you're supposed to give them some grace and give them an opportunity to learn better. But that's sort of my issue with Hogan is because I don't feel like he learned better. I feel like he, even the apology that he gave the locker room after all that stuff came out was more of a, well, I'm sorry you felt this way, not. I'm, I'm sorry, deeply right. sorry that I said some racist comments about black people. Instead, it was like, well, I'm sorry you felt this way, or I'm sorry you took what I said this way. And it was just, 
It was a half-hearted apology. He Dude, apologized. He because, dropped. He dropped words that we won't say on this show. Well, mm-hmm. we're family friendly. Any, even if we weren't a family friendly show, he still dropped wouldn't words. say him. We still wouldn't mm-hmm. say him. Yep. I'm like, you can't get. Uh, anyway, I'll better stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, also another difference between him and Roman Reigns. Roman's wife is black. She's African American. Yeah. So yeah. there's another difference between him. Yeah, and there's Roman. another difference. Yeah. Uh, huge difference. Uh, and and apparently she's like extremely fertile because all she does is have twins, you know. Yeah, Romans Romans at, I think he said five. He's got five kids now. Yeah, two sets of twins. Two sets of twins. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, but would I put Roman can't be on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling because those spots are those spots are just taken. They are. And in unfortunately, but Hogan. It, but is he? But is he knocking at the door? Um. As far as WWE goes, I think if okay, we should say when I say Mount Rushmore of wrestling, I mean WWE wrestling because if you go through all of wrestling, then yeah, he wouldn't even come close. He wouldn't come close, and there's a couple of guys on that. Now WWE he would be on. He would be on like the mountain that's over here on the side. Yeah. But but you know because for WWE that's. Hogan, Austin, Rock, Cena. That's that's the yeah. That is the echelon of you know WWE World Champions because I can't put Flair in that list because he wasn't booked very well when he was WWE. And, and he honestly didn't. He held he had two reigns and neither reign was that long. Well, he, yeah, he had two reigns and I think it didn't last six months between the two. Uh, it was a hundred. I, I saw it earlier. It was like one hundred eighteen days total. Yeah. So the I mean the best thing that happened was when he won the title at the ninety two Rumble. Yeah. That's and Rumble then, Yeah, absolutely. And that was fantastic. And the promo afterwards was even better. But then that was it. That was like he peaked right there as far as the booking goes. He peaked right there. And then I mean he had an excellent match with Randy Savage at WrestleMania. They should have main evented. Yeah, they should have instead, instead of Hogan and Sid. But he just wasn't booked well. He wasn't booked like he was the most important thing in the con- in the company where the four guys I listed for the WWE Mount Rushmore were always booked like they were the most important thing in the company, even sometimes to a fault. Yes, because Hogan, it was, it was to a fault. Especially with Hogan and Cena at a, at a certain point in time. There was times where Cena went over people that he shouldn't have. There was time, like the Nexus. The Nexus. <laughs> yes. The Nexus. When he comes back from a DDT on the floor to beat two guys in the Nexus, when you've got Jericho and Edge telling him, you need to lose. That you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna build up the Nexus if you lose. They get that. You know, they get that rub and they get to say they get to carry that through the fall and the winter and however long this feud goes that we beat John Cena at SummerSlam. But instead, Cena was like, well, no, the story will be better if, you know, I beat them and blah, 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 blah. No, you just, you know, you just turned on God mode and ran through everybody and you destroyed an entire faction in one night because nobody Nobody cared about the Nexus after that because nobody believed they could win anything because if Cena's coming back from a DDT on the floor, 
to beat two guys, then why do I care about these people? And it wasn't like when Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter in the 90 uh, Survivor Series. Right. When, you know, they knocked the other three people of his team out. And so he came in slowly and methodically. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because that was that was to build him up. It wasn't to, because the other the team they were against was not really a team. They were just yeah a collection that was thrown together. Yeah, for for the Survivor yeah. Series. Yeah, and they and they were these were. If, I don't remember who all was in it, but I do remember they were top people. The Nexus, yeah. you know, they were still kind of an NXT type ish. Yeah, and thing, it's like they they could have been huge, but they could have been huge. You're right. If they'd have been booked strong, you know, they were booked. And they were another one that peaked the night they hit the main the main roster and beat up Cena and tore up the ring and you know the ringside area and all that stuff. That's where they peaked because WWE brought them out hot and then had no idea how to con- how to continue that momentum. And I'm trying to remember off the top of my head who all was part of the Nexus. Um... Uh, Wade Barrett. Uh, you've got Justin Gabriel, who's PJ Black now. He's Slater. Um, who else? Um, Michael Tarver, uh, Ryback, who was Skip Sheffield at the time in the Nexus. Um, Daniel Bryan, he was originally in the Nexus. Got fired for choking out Justin Roberts with the tie. Yeah, the night they hit the <laughs> ring. And then I'm trying to think who else, or was that it? Um, I'm looking. I'm, I have the Wikipedia article. Barrett, Members Gabriel, Slater, Tarver, uh, here we Sheffield. Go. Wade Barrett, David Otunga, Justin Gabriel, da- Slater. That's yep. the one I was forgetting was David Otunga. Yep. Um, Michael Tarver, Skip Sheffield, uh, Darren Young, Daniel Bryan, John Cena. Oh, yeah. Dar- and Dar- Darren Young. Yep. Yeah, because um, he had that ridiculous haircut where it was like super tall and hairsprayed, and <laughs> he looked like a troll doll come to life with the hair. So, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to picture that right now, the top of my head. But, um, <laughs> it, it said Cena was actually part of the Nexus. Uh, hey, it was a storyline thing. He lost a match and had to join the Nexus, and then which was dumb because all he did was still be John Cena and still aggravate Wade Barrett and it made no it made no sense. And then at uh, one point uh Bray Wyatt who was Husky Harris at Husky the time. Um, um Michael McGillicuddy. Yep. And Michael McGillicuddy that was um it was somebody. And uh, that was uh Curtis Axel. Okay, there we go. So yep. Kurt Henning's kid. Yep. Um, which his name is Joe Hennig, and I don't know why they just didn't go with it. But yeah, <laughs> hey, we're gonna go with Mike. We're gonna go with Michael McGillicuddy when you have the last name of a legend. Yep, and, 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 and I get third, third I get, generation, and I get not trying to because I mean they did that with Braun Breaker, and it worked. You know, at first I was like Braun Breaker, why don't they just call him Steiner because he's you know he's it's obvious. A Steiner. Steiner. But he looks I like get, his dad, sounds like his uncle, or vice versa. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I get it. it they, he was trying to do his own thing. 
because he had a hand in the name and all that stuff. And I respect so, that. You know, and I respect that. In, you know, I yeah. And, and I respect that on, you know, Joe Hennig's part, but I know he had nothing to do with being called Michael McGillicuddy. I know he probably looked at him and went, I don't even know how to say that. It's like <laughs> McGillicuddy? Uh, but you're but you're cutting the check, so okay. <laughs> as long as the checks have my and, actual name. Yeah. And sometimes that's what it comes down to. It's like sometimes you do what your boss tells you to do because they're cutting the check. Uh, I'm actually going to, you know, speaking of like cutting checks, actually has nothing to do with cutting a check. Um, I'm texting my friend Jerome and also letting him know that um, we're giving him a shout out about House of Plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes Anybody to... Anybody on video sees me pushing my, like pushing on my cheek. I got a toothache and it flares up every now and then. Ooh. But if I put a little pressure right there on my cheek, it kind of calms it down. So. Uh, let's see. Just gave you a shout out. Actually, I uh, gave the store a shout out. Uh, on the show. All right. Cool. But now, as far as the legacy of Roman's reign, you can't avoid it. I mean, you just can't. No, you can't. Um, they're going to, I can't see it ending right now because, and here's another difference though between him and Hogan. And I don't know if it's a necessarily a knock on either one. Roman's not defending it because honestly, it's not like Hogan who actually did, you know, he may have had a story with somebody where if, like for the next couple of weeks, he's going to defend it against, well, he only mm-hmm. defended against Jake like once or twice and they were cheered for Jake. But yeah, you know he would defend it against like you know Bundy, and this is even after mm-hmm. that. And then he would defend it against John Studd. And then later on, he would defend it against Paul Orndorff. That was a huge mm-hmm. moneymaker. And yeah, but he, they would do that. But he actually had opponents. Now he only he only went against heels, but there was a lot they were yeah. send, sending his way. I mean, he went against Savage even before you know Savage turned face and then turned oh, yeah. against him. Yeah. Because and I found the video of it because I know I, I told you about it where it, they had a lumberjack match in the garden because Savage, the last two months prior, had beaten Hogan by count out in the garden. Mm-hmm. That's a lumberjack match, which makes sense. That's how you tell stories. Count out, bring in lumberjacks. Exactly. And the end of the match, well, during the match, Hogan jumped out of the ring and he punched Bundy and he punched Don Morocco upside the head. You know, and he also had tape around his ribs. And I was at somebody's house watching. We're going, what? What's going on with the tape on his ribs? And they said something about him being attacked a couple of days before by Bundy in Morocco. Mm-hmm. Well, a few days later, they showed the Saturday Night Live or Saturday Night Saturday Night's main event, which mm-hmm. of course would they show in place of Saturday Night Live. Yes, yeah, see, I corrected myself. And Hogan was against Morocco. Bundy interfered. Of course, they got disqualification. Morocco held Hogan in the corner. Bundy did the avalanche. Then he splashed him twice. Boom. There you go. Mm -hmm. But during the match, he threw Savage. uh, Irish whipped him into um, one set of ropes and immediately went to like the perpendicular, you know, Mm -hmm. over here ropes, came off of it. Somebody on the outside grabbed Savage's foot to trip him. Mm-hmm. He hit face 
face on his face, immediately turned over on his back as Hogan came to the air with the leg drop pending. It was actually pretty decent the way they ended it. Mm-hmm. You know, but that was in that was before WrestleMania two because that's what started the road to WrestleMania two when Hogan defending against Bundy. Yeah, Bundy, yeah. Um, but I mean, you think about it, even Hogan defending against Morocco on mm-hmm. you know Saturday Night's main event, and he defended. I mean, it was like a new person every week wherever they were wrestling. And mm-hmm. Roman, it's kind of hard to do that when you don't have anybody to send them. And mm-hmm. when they go to house shows now, um, speaking of which, Bailey, we wish you well. Please recover quickly. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. Yeah, I did she, see that. Jeremy, um, now we know that her faction, they've already imploded anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, control up, delete, whatever they were called. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, damage control, that's what it was. But, uh Roman doesn't have that, and they're not going to pull, you know, and this is, I don't know, it, it's a different product than what it was 40 years ago. Yeah. Uh, Think about that, just, 40 years just ago. The, just the pace of wrestling. It's like, that's why it's like, it's it's hard to, as far as, as far as Hogan and Roman as wrestlers, and, you know, people are like, well, you know, Roman does this, only does this, 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 and this, and it's like, Every wrestler has the, you know, certain moves they do. It's what's attached to them. It's what pops the crowd. It's what gets people invested. But for me, and I was never a Hulkamaniac. I always found Hogan's matches boring. Unless he was, unless he was in the ring. Even the WrestleMania three thing. The only interesting part of the match was when he body slammed Andre. Everything else leading up to it was boring. It was just slow and plotting. And it's like the only interesting matches of Hogan's first big run was him and the Warrior. When he dropped the title, it's no. Him and Savage, when he um, took the title from Savage, even though I did not agree with them taking the title off Savage, but the match was good because Savage was such a good ring general that you know he's on that list of people that could have a good match with a broom handle so that match was good him and warrior was good not from a just an in-ring technical standpoint but just it was the first time two faces had you know fought each other for for a world championship especially the main event of wrestlemania and you've got the ic title and the world title on the line, somebody's leaving as a double champion. That was all interesting. But for me, every, since Roman has started this run, every match has been interesting. Even if it was just a little mini feud, like when he wrestled Ray Mysterio at Hell in the Cell and defended the title against him, it was still interesting because of what led up to it, of him like power bombing Dom over the top rope. This is before we get, you know, ex condon. This was babyface. Uh, you know, they're not, they're not calling him ex because yeah, he's somebody, dirty dog. Yeah, they kind of notice. You know, you look at the last part of that ex con, and then you yeah. look at the dom, the yeah. two right Condo, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, and, well, maybe yeah, we should so change his it's, name. Now it's dirty dom, but I'm okay with that too. And yeah, but 
even you know even that short program with Ray Mysterio was interesting because Roman's interesting, and he yes. Roman he now changed. is interesting. This Roman is interesting from you know from him coming back and winning the Universal Title and never letting it go. That this Roman is interesting. I only found Hulk Hogan interesting when he turned heel and joined the NWO. It's the only time I ever liked Hogan. It's the only time I ever found anything he did interesting because honestly, I felt like that's the true NWO Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan was to me, that's probably the closest you got to real life Terry Bollea. Because dude really was annoying. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, and he, Hogan knew which was surprising because he was the huge baby face for so long, but he knew how to get heat. He knew what to do. He knew how to be just so obnoxious that the fans would literally throw trash in the ring whenever he was in there. And they did. And they did. <laughs> and they threw <laughs> yeah. a lot of it. A lot of trash. But I mean, it was interesting because it was one of those, what ridiculous thing is Hogan going to do now? Because he was such an entertaining heel. And then, who's going to take the belt off of him, which they, they messed that up, but he was kind of where Roman is now when he was at the height, when the NWO was just untouchable, when it was just him, Hall and Nash and Hogan was the champion. People tuned in because they want to say who could possibly beat Hogan. They they're running through the roster, beating everybody down and all this people were paying to see Hogan get beat. People are paying to see who's going to be the one to beat the final boss. Right. And, and you're not going to put it on. They don't want to have, for whatever reason, they don't want to put title changes on house shows right now. It, right. Occasionally they'll throw one in there and then they'll have the footage because they actually, they still record their house yeah. shows. And they, they, they did do it that. NXT. That's how Samoa Joe first won won his first NXT championship, he won it at a house show. He beat Finn Balor at a house show. Right. And then and they showed the footage the next week on NXT. Yeah. Now the footage is not as great. It's not as produced. Right. It's just a camera. Right. Which by yeah. the way, you can't even see the audience because they turned the lights down, which honestly I prefer that. I wish they would do it. I love it. that. Yeah. yeah. I and I loved it when Triple H brought that to NXT when, you know, NXT in its prime, I like to call it, where they dim the lights because it ain't supposed to be about the crowd. It's supposed right. to be about the t- the two guys in the ring or the two women in the ring or the tag teams or whatever. And that's your where that's where the spotlight should be. Exactly. And with the house shows now, you can't bring Roman and you're not you don't like I said before, you don't have anybody to put him against because mm-hmm. you can't put Seth in there against him. Because Seth mm-hmm. is also kind of another face-ish. Yep. But Seth, there. well, now you have all the stuff with them in the Shield. And yep. you can't bring Cody in there. Well, because they had their other thing. Okay, some of the other people. Um, I'd like to see Roman and The Miz. I personally think that would be a good match because I think The Miz is highly underrated. But mm-hmm. people would squash on it. But, I mean, but it would make, it would probably be a good match. But it's like, okay, people would say, well, where's the buildup? Roman's a champion. The Miz wants a title. Okay. That's the buildup. Yeah. That's the buildup. That's the tweet right there. And, and the problem is else. they've done such an excellent job with the bloodline storyline. 
from right. how from how it started with you know with Roman getting Jay to come to his Jay and Jimmy to come over to his side, the Sami Zayn stuff, um, you know Sami leaving the Bloodline, the stuff with the Usos and Solo, all that. It's just been an excellent storyline. Problem is people are people are now going to expect that type of storytelling every now and then. WWE only has about one of those in them every decade. <laughs> so <laughs> enjoy this one because you're not going to get a storyline this good probably for another 10 years because like it's like lightning in a bottle. I mean, ex- and exactly. They, they actually did the right thing this time. Whereas yeah. we kept saying you and I were saying, even before we got on podcast, we we're saying we were texting each other going, when are they going to turn Roman heel? The fans want him mm-hmm. as a, because that's what he did. And, and that's what he mouthpiece. needed. And with the mouthpiece. Yeah. It's right. the same. It was, yeah, give him the mouthpiece until he's comfortable on the mic because you put him out there too early before he got comfortable on the microphone. And you put him in the ring with people that outclassed him on the microphone when he had his feud with John Cena. You can't put somebody that's not very good on the mic yet. It's called a promo, Roman. It, you better learn how to do them. Exactly. In a verbal sparring match with John Cena, it's not going to work out. And it was obvious Roman was struggling. But then come back around when Cena came back last year for, you know, and faced Roman was a much different Roman. The promo work was so much better because, you know, Roman's gold on the microphone now. So is Cena. So it worked. But yeah, people are going to, and people are going to expect this type of storytelling with every big story in WWE, and they're not going to get that. And then they'll fall back to the thing of, well, you get a title. You get a title. It's being, uh-huh. You get a big story. You get... No. Now, I think they do need to devote a little more time to the, to the other stories because sometimes they remain, and I think every company. And across the history of wrestling has done this where they focus so much on the main story that mm-hmm. they forget sometimes there's other people there. And mm-hmm. by the way, these stories, if you give them a little bit of time, they could actually build it up because this, the big story is eventually going to stop. Mm-hmm. And it's got to end somewhere. It's got to end. And you notice they never just slow down. They always stop. Well, that mm-hmm. gives a chance. This other one, hopefully even given this mm-hmm. needs to do, but and, but yeah, and you've right. got two good stories. You've got Cody's, you know, you've got t- Cody's road to the title. You know, you've got that and all the obstacles he's having to go through. You've got Seth's issues with Finn Balor, which go back seven years, and all that's coming back around. You've got some good stories going on. Oh, and Finn Balor, his issue, him and Damian Priest, and him and Damian Priest. Yep. So you've got some good stories going on. Don't expect bloodline level stories though, because you can't. Like, you can't. One, something like this only comes along every once in a while. WWE is notorious about their storytelling being less than optimal. So, again, like I said, you get one excellent storyline from WWE every decade or so, and this is the one we got. So we got to enjoy it while it lasts. Well, I think it, it will. Overall, it will add to Roman's legacy because, I mean, he was the leader, the tribal chief mm-hmm. of this family, a real family. It wasn't just a faction. This was his yeah. family. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the, these are his cousins. All, you know, yep. the three of them are his cousins. Yeah, and well, like I said, second, second they, cousins, but <clears throat> and they grew up, but they grew up like brothers. So, yes. you know, so but, you bring that, and that's a real thing. That's an organic thing. But how do we say mm-hmm. we always like to do this organically? Exactly. And, yep. And you brought Sammy in there. He was, and Sammy. I don't know how far the bloodline would have gotten had it not been for Sammy. Because See, I, yeah, I, Sammy does not get enough credit for elevating the bloodline storyline because the pieces were there. They were they were chugging along pretty good, but when Sammy joined, it just took off. Yep. And without Sammy Zayn, they I don't think they would have reached that level that they're at now, to where they have literally pulled every member of the crowd in and everybody's invested in this story because everybody's waiting. Okay. What is Sammy going to say this week to try to get uh-huh. the guys to crack? Yeah. And he finally did with, with the best one was the Usi thing. Yeah. Because that was yeah, when he got, he you got weren't all watching it that night. And I texted yeah. you and I said, Oh my God, you got to see what Sammy just said yeah. on there. He, he just cracked Roman. He cracked everybody. Yep. Yeah, they they could they they weren't even trying to hide it because it was just he's like, he's just yeah. not feeling very oozy. Oozy. And you saw Charles yeah. Nicola do this immediately. He held his <laughs> Heyman <laughs> drops his face behind the title, <laughs> so he so you wouldn't see him laugh. Right, but and, but having Sammy in there create created also that friction. It created the descent mm-hmm. where yep. he's an outsider. What are you doing? Yeah. We are literally then, family. It, and then Jimmy treated him like a brother. Jay treated him like an outsider. And it was just, yeah, all those different dynamics made it extremely interesting. But I think Roman's legacy, Roman is going to go down as one of the greatest world champions in WWE history. I feel like he is also going to go down as one of the most important wrestlers in WWE history because people have to think, Roman carried that company through truly uncharted waters. They say that all the time in wrestling. Roman carried that company through the pandemic. Yes. He carried that company through empty arena shows, through the Thunderdome shows, through fans barely being able to, you know, low capacity arena settings because of the COVID restrictions but people kept tuning in because Roman kept getting better and better in ring microphone, character work, everything. Roman doesn't get enough credit for carrying that company on his back through, you know, one of the worst times in American history. And let's also not forget Roman did it after recovering from leukemia for the second time. Yes. For the second time. Yeah. And that's a real thing. That's a shoot. That's not anything made up. And we- and weather- weathering the backlash of pulling himself out of the right- the main event match with Goldberg because of his leukemia, and he was more susceptible to catch COVID because his immune si- his immune system is uh, is compromised. People gave him a lot of flack because he pulled out. I didn't because he had at either. the end of the day. Wrestling aside, he has to do what's best for him and his family. And at the time, that was the best thing to do for him and his family. He couldn't afford to catch COVID. Not, I mean, not at that time, because at that time, COVID, COVID was 
just deadly. Not saying that it wasn't deadly later, but they didn't know anything about it. And for someone whose immune system is compromised, it was almost a death sentence. He couldn't take that risk. And I can't blame him one bit because, I mean, he can tell you at the end of the day, his health is more important. You know, him being yeah. there for his five kids and his wife. Exactly. You know, exactly. it's more important than, than entertaining us. And I, like we always say, family is family comes first. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and, you know, so, and I, I agree, Roman is going to go down with, as like you said, with the most important. I don't, we can recognize that right now. I think some mm-hmm. of that would be looked at later on. And the, yeah. somebody look back and go, you know what? Yeah. You know, we did all this. Mm-hmm. During the pandemic and Roman yep. stepping stepping back, but then of course coming back once mm-hmm. he was he felt it was safe to come back. And then him going on this long right? I mean, it's still mm-hmm. going. Eleven hundred days thing is, still going. Yeah, you see people on social media, they're like, Oh, it's so boring now. No, it's not. That's the thing. Long title reigns, if they're done right, can be extremely interesting. For me. Hogan's long title reign got boring. You were looking at four and a half years of him being champion, always getting fed monsters. There was no, there was never a time that I ever thought Hogan was going to lose the title. Then he lost it to Andre in the screw in the the screw job with the twin referees. That was interesting because it was so unexpected. But before that, the formula was there. Tear the shirt. Get beat down, Hulk up, point the finger, big boot leg drop. That's the end. And now that, but it was Hogan, a foregone conclusion that Hogan was going yes. to win every match that he was in. It's not a foregone conclusion that, to me, it's not. It's not always a foregone conclusion that Roman's going to win the match because the matches are structured to where you get that possibility. Is this the night they're going to pull the trigger and? in Roman's reign. And also with Hogan, the insincerity of Hogan was also starting to shine through. And even like the the after mags were also kind of calling it out. You know, if Hogan's such a fan favorite, why is he doing all these rule breaker things? And this were things like, okay, he's like, oh, I'm Hulk Hogan, you know, say your prayers, take your vitamins. But I'm also going to, then rake this guy's eyes. I'm going to scratch yeah. down his back. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to scratch his back. And like it worked perfect when he was a heel, when he was right. Hollywood Hogan in the NWO. But yeah, he was doing this in the golden age and, you know, with the red and yellow. And he was supposed to be the, the beacon of virtue for baby faces. And yeah, he's doing all and this stuff. Like, I'm going to throw, throw, throw ashes in Undertaker's eyes. And yeah, well, in the 92 Rumble. He got mad because he Sid, pulled Sid out. Yeah, because Sid eliminated him. And instead of just being, you know, being a good sport and be like, well, you know, maybe next time. No, he pulled Sid over the top rope, costing Sid the possibility of being WWE champion. And it's like, that's not a baby face move. Nope. And the fans remember they were booing. They cheered when he got thrown out. And then they were yeah. really booing him when he pulled Sid out. And he was looking all, all confused. And he, yeah, he was like, he, "Why are they booing?" Why are they booing? Me? It's know. like because they're tired of you, you know, saying that you're the beacon of goodness and righteousness, and yet you're pulling <coughs> these things yeah. that would get anybody else disqualified. And by mm-hmm. the way, when Roman does something like that, we expect it. Roman's a bad yeah. guy. 
Yeah. He's, he's yeah, at a, the end of the day, people forget. doesn't matter how over he is. It doesn't matter how many people in the crowd put the one finger up. At the end of the day, he's a heel. And he's going to do, and for him, most important thing is his championships. A heel is going to heal. The heel's going to heal, and the heel's going to do whatever is necessary to keep his title. By the way, you're not the only one with thunder. <laughs> I just uh, want to let you know. My, mine is mine is stopped. I think it rained for like a few minutes, which my push mower is outside, but uh, it's no big thing. I think it'll be fine. Um, just not going to tell my wife I was out there. He <laughs> 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 got rained on because she'll be like, why'd you leave it outside? And it's like, well, I only had enough room for either the mowers or the generator. And the generator costs a whole lot more money than, than the mower did. So it's going go. in the shed. <laughs> and my daughter is actually on her way home right now in this. So, oh, yeah. Uh. Uh, she actually uh, texted me and my wife about 11 minutes ago. And she said, clocked out. Love you. Because she is working at Frisch's in Batavia, Ohio. So if you are ever in the neighborhood of Batavia, Ohio, uh, from now until... Well, until she goes back up to Wright State, go by right. and swing by and tell her hello. And by the way, Jerome, he says, thank you. He's like, that is <laughs> awesome. But so I don't know what else to say about Roman. He, I don't think he's he's losing the title anytime soon. I don't think he's going to lose it to either one of the Usos because the Usos single Mm-hmm. To me, I don't like them as much single because they are such a good, it's one of the cases they're such a good, and they're twins. Yeah. Why they don't take advantage of them being twins. I, I should not be able to look and go, oh yeah, that's Jimmy, that's Jay. Yeah. I should be able to go, crap, I don't know which one's who. Because yeah. they are literally identical twins. Mm-hmm. You know, but they, yep. I mean, but hey, whatever, you know. Um, whatever. I think the road is going to lead to Cody. I think, I think, Jay, I think it's going to be Roman and Jay at SummerSlam. Part of me thinks that that would be the perfect time to, because, you know, Jay's over. It'd be the perfect time to have Roman lose to complete this story. But at the same time, it's like, mm, but it makes more sense to have Roman keep it and carry it into Mania and have Cody complete that story and be the first Rhodes to win the world title in WWE. Now, right now, speaking of titles, before we wrap this up, because another one I'd like to see Roman go against is Gunther. Yes, I would like to see that. Yes. I think we're going to get Drew McIntyre and Gunther at SummerSlam. Which... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a foregone conclusion, I think, at this point. Yeah, um, but I, I, I mean, it's going to be great. It's going to be hard-hitting. I just think they should have brought Drew back as a heel, because I think the babyface run it run its course, and I think his character needs a little freshening up. When's SummerSlam? Next month. End of this is it? Yeah, early yeah. next month. Uh, because right but here's now, the thing: Drew's not under contract. Oh, okay, good. I mean, I like Drew. Obviously, you know, I have yeah. I have Drew back here. I have a Drew shirt, mm-hmm. and I have you know, my wife actually got me his um, his pendant. And by the way, for my wife not being a wrestling fan, she texted me. And she said, uh, and I, I knew this was coming up at some point, Weakest Link is wrestling people. It's on Channel 5. <laughs> I said, I'm still recording. Uh, but I'm looking right now. Gunther is 50 days 
behind the recognized reign of the honky tonk man. Awesome. If they yeah, start, they're going to let they're going to let him break that. He's they Drew McIntyre is not beating him. At, he's not beating him at SummerSlam. He's going. There's going to be an excellent match. Might be the best match on the card. Oh, they and... they have put they have put everything into Gunther in this Intercontinental Title run. He'll beat the Honky Tonk Man's record, which I'm perfectly fine with because Honky uh, should have, never should have had the record it, to begin with. Never should have. Period. I, you yeah, know, never um, should have had the Intercontinental Title to begin with. But it, it always helps to be buddies with Hogan. Yeah. What about that guy, brother? Yeah. Uh, but by the way, the second longest single reign is Savage at 413 days. Uh huh. Yep. You know, so Gunther is 10 days away from catching Savage. Yes, yeah, as, as Jim Ross would say, he's in rarefied air. Yes, he is. And I, I like watching Gunther because he's one of those, he looks unstoppable. I mean, he mm-hmm. looks like, you know, he may get in trouble during a match, but then all of a sudden he'll pull some weird counter move and he'll throw it into some kind of finishing move. It's not always the power bomb. It's not always a submission. I mean, it's. Yeah. And that shotgun drop kick that he does for a guy that size. Yes. Yeah, a guy that size throwing that drop kick with such force, it's like when you see that, it's like, well, it's about over. <laughs> and that's why I would not mind seeing him against Roman. Now they can't mm-hmm. do his um the oh what the crap did they call him and the other two um, Imperium. Imperium. I was thinking, yeah. you know, Argentina for some reason. Like, why is that coming <laughs> to mind? Like that makes zero sense. Uh Imperium against the bloodline you can't do it because the bloodline's really not a thing anymore mm-hmm. but i think that would have been a good one uh but you know it's not going to happen but gunther against roman i don't yeah. think i don't think gunther's ready to be world champion yet um i like him as the intercontinental champion because he's bringing prestige back mm-hmm. to it uh there's yep. a reason why they said you know what they didn't just decide to say we're going to have that guy win it and then have him beat Honky Tonk Man. I mean, they mm-hmm. won it. No. And he proved himself. It's one of those rare cases with WWE where they they knew what they had yep. in him. And they, they put him over. He didn't win it, but at the Rumble, mm-hmm. when he was. When Cody, yeah. But now he holds the record for the longest, um, the longest time in the rumble. It was Ray Mysterio, which was back in 2006. So it's, it right. stood for a while, but Gunther has it now. And like you said, Cody went over, but Gunther got over. Exactly. And so I think that might could possibly be the person, but then again, mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be, um, oh my Lord, we just talked about him. Drew. Uh, Drew, I could see Drew doing it, but I was actually thinking money in the bank. Um, I literally just said his name like 10 minutes ago. Damien Priest. Damien Priest. Thank you. Yeah. Damien Priest. He did a promo the other day. I didn't realize how deep that man's voice was. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he sounds like a cartoon like villain superhero. <laughs> I mean, he really does. I was like, wow. You know, give that dude a mic and give him some lines to read, you know, for yeah. a, a, be a cartoon villain because he could definitely pull it off. <laughs> um, But I like seeing Roman, you know, he'll never pass Bruno. Nobody's going to pass Bruno. You know, because people would probably stop watching wrestling if that were to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's because it's a lot different what it, than what it was 60 years yeah. ago. Yeah. But I think it is good for the sport. You know, that, and I think his legacy as the title holder, uh, mm-hmm. and honestly, I think it'd be better once he loses the title, leave it off of him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because the constant flare winning it back and then losing yeah. a couple months. It went back and then lose it again. Went back. Yeah, it watered now. it down. And Roman has gotten to a point where Roman makes the title feel important, not the other way around. Roman exactly. doesn't. Roman's at a at a spot where he doesn't need the title to be the most important thing on the card. He just happens to have it. And like you said, people are paying to see him get beat. Mm-hmm. He's putting butts in seats. Uh, he's involved in interesting storylines. So, yeah, I think the legacy will be a good one. Uh, Hogan's got tarnished near the end. Uh, yeah. You know, Austin, unfortunately, the thing I remember about Austin is he was one of the first ones to have his own personal customized belt. Um, mm-hmm. Not a fan of customized belts. See, seeing a spinner belt, hated it. Um, My thing is, it worked for Cena. I just never agreed with them putting it on everybody else. That oh, was the champion. spinner? Yeah. Or, the, spin, yeah. the spinner worked for Cena's character. I, I, I wouldn't have even had a problem with them. Him have the spinner belt, lose it. And then whoever had it, whoever beat him had the traditional belt. Because they did that with Austin. Austin was the only one that carried around the smoking skull belt. When right. he lost the title... They always went back to the traditional title. Then he would win the title back and go back to the smoke and skull belt. He, everybody just didn't carry that belt around. But that belt sold. They sold a lot of those replicas. They did, so, and and even like Daniel Bryan when he got the plywood belt. Yeah, you know that that one. I mean, of course, when he lost it, they did. It was they, they went. They dropped it in the trash and said, "We're not going to do that." Yeah. I mean, it was part of the story. Yeah, they dropped it in the trash at WrestleMania and unveiled the current WWE title. Right. But, but he was hippie Daniel Bryan at the time. That's why. Yeah. He and went. it, yeah. And it worked for him and they didn't use it for other people, you know, but exactly. They went with that spinner belt for eight years and it's like, it looked ridiculous on everybody except for John Cena, especially when triple H was WWE champion. That belt just looked ridiculous on triple H. Um, and John Cena even by the time if John Cena, you know, eight years later wanted, it wouldn't, by that point, his character had evolved to where it was not, you know, thugonomics anymore. Yeah. And right. so, you know, but I mean, but with Roman, get the one belt, have the one belt. And then when he loses it, let him lose it. Mm-hmm. And then say, okay, that's, and he, cause he doesn't have to prove anything else. Yeah. He doesn't have to jump because if he wins the title again for another long reign, then people are going to crap yeah. over it. Yeah. But that, you know, that's my take. That's my opinion. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and if anybody, if you agree, disagree, hit us up on our socials on Facebook, on Twitter at Booking Armchair. You can hit Dwayne up at fat underscore daddy 73, or you can hit him up at the rockstar 73, which is the Twitter handle for his podcast, the intellectual rockstar. By the way, what is next agenda because unfortunately when you get sick it kind of doesn't affect just this pod- podcast it also yeah affects other yeah i've got to get back to it it's just between getting sick and then issues at home and the food truck it's just been kind of kind of hectic so but i plan on getting back to it i've got some show ideas um you want to talk about I'm... how much about how much you absolutely love led zeppelin <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some people will get that if you listen to my show, The Cubicle Chat. Yep. Yep. Oh, Ted gets it. Yeah, I still need okay. to have you on so we can do the Indiana Jones thing on the Intellectual Rockstar. 
Uh, do I need to watch the last one first? Nah. I'm just going <laughs> to, I just want to review the ones because I'm never going to watch the last one because I don't care. Um, I'm not going to watch this one because I just don't care because I figured, I felt like, one, I felt like this never should have been a franchise to begin with, but that's for a whole other conversation. But I was okay with the yeah. first three. You know, I was okay with the first one. And then after <laughs> that, it was like, that's enough of that. But Temple, what it what it was was Temple of Doom just ruined it for me. And it was like I was just hmm. They had eyeball just, soup. Yeah, I mean, and I was just eyeball a, soup. I was just annoyed by the whole thing. I was annoyed by the kid, the lady, the over the top voodoo. You call stuff him Dr. Jones. Yeah, I just all of it annoyed me. Even when I was a kid, they came out and annoyed me. Now, that was cool that Indiana Jones and the man who has a child played short round. They had the reunion at the last Academy. That actually was really cool. I like that. No, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. But I'm just a huge fan of Raiders of the Lost Ark, and that's it. You like face melting. (laughs) Yeah. Because it happened. They had a lot of face melting in that. that Sure did. But, you know, hopefully, you know, we, we won't have any more preemptions to. This show, mm-hmm. Joyland's show, my show, or any yep. of the other shows. Like I said before, thank you, Ted. Thank you to BC and J from Wrestling with the Truth. Thank you to the crew from Finisher Wrestling. Thank you, thank you to the guys from the DWO. Thank you to Justin from TNC Sports Talk because I just saw he commented on my picture that I posted mm-hmm. earlier today with my new microphone. If you're on my personal yep. Facebook, you'll see that. Uh, and who am I missing here? Oh, thank you, Jerome, who owns house of plastic who i bought the dvd set from this one right here yep and that was part of the inspiration for today's show uh we do apologize because we had been planning on doing a review of money in the bank but of course by the time we were finally able to record again it was like yeah it was too far away yeah yeah and everybody by that point everybody's like yeah nobody cares anymore yeah (laughs) you know so we're on um, the road to SummerSlam, so Um, do want to say, oh, by the way, our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Mantar who passed away, yep. Yep. you know, over the past week. Um, you know, he wasn't the hugest, hugest star, but I mean, he, he, people remember him and to oh, me, yeah. that, that's what counts, you know, Yep. but you know, we, we will continue to have hopefully good topics. Like I said, email the show armchair booking podcast at gmail.com hit us up on all the socials and you know, especially if on YouTube, leave a comment there. By the way, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. And if you're on any of the audio platforms, we're on just about any audio platform you can think of. If we're not there, let one of us know, and we would do what we can to get ourselves added. By the way, I don't know if you heard, Stitcher is going away. So if you if you use Stitcher yeah. for your podcast, hopefully you already know it's going away. Um, it happens. Nothing we yeah. can do about it. Sorry. Um. But if you give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple, we will read your review. And, of course, I mean, if you don't want us to read your review, if you don't want us to tell us your name, I get it. Just mm-hmm. let us know. Uh, but on some of the other ones, like Spotify, like Good Pods, there's some other ones you can actually give a rating. You can't give a review. Give us a screenshot of the rating and then write a, a review in an email and send them to us, and we'll read that on the air. Mm-hmm. So, but until we can actually talk again, my friend, I have to say good night and God bless. God bless.